and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another special guest episode. I'm joined today by Dr. Brad Block, who is an ear, nose, and throat surgeon in the New York area. Dr. Block, welcome to the program. Dr. Mel, thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to this. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your life and yeah, anything that you want to kind of share with the audience. I'd especially love for you to describe your podcast to us. So yeah, as you said, I'm a private practice otolaryngologist on Long Island. I'm part of the name of my practice, so I can plug that, is ENT and Allergy Associates. We're actually the biggest ENT practice in the country. I think we're probably five times bigger than the second big practice. So we're huge, but owned by physicians. Like we're partners. And when you join our practice, you typically on a path to equity partnership. So when you join, you have just as much equity as every other partner in the practice, which is an amazing model. I think a private practice like should strive to be. And that's how we've grown so big because you're like, am I going to join this private health system where I'm inevitably going to be just another physician among many? And um, I started, I was single, I was living in Manhattan and now I'm living in the suburbs on Long Island, married with three kids. And while I was practicing, one of the things that I realized was I wasn't moving through my day as efficiently as other people. Somehow other people were able to see more patients than me per hour and leave on time. And I was struggling to see just a couple of patients an hour. And I was like, what are we doing differently mm-hmm. than them? What am I, what do I need to learn? And I looked into it and there's this thing called social engineering, which I think nowadays is used to guess people's passwords. But you know, at that time, which was not that long ago, it's you like engineer a social interaction. Now, this is a professional interaction, not a social interaction, but nonetheless, social engineering was the term. And so I looked into social engineering and there are a lot of people out there that study it and they were doing podcasts about sales and executive leadership and dating and not medicine. So I was like, what if we could turn that information, turn that expertise towards the physician paying relationship? Right. And so, how am I going to get an audience with these people? Started a podcast. So, here it is. It's called The Physician's Guide to Doctoring because what I found is my interests weren't just in that. I mean, that's my primary interest, but ultimately the podcast exploded. And now I do everything, as the tagline says, everything we should have been learning while we're in Krebs cycle. And then some yeah. things that we shouldn't have been learning. Like I have an episode coming out on credit card points. <laughs> That's not something they should be teaching in medical school. However, like as attending physicians, we, we could be more savvy with our points. And, and so like it really runs the gamut. But my yeah. first love is really optimizing that physician patient interaction. Yeah. And optimizing it in a way that we didn't learn about in medical school when we were learning, oh, I don't know, what do they call it? A patient interview and kind of those things, these kind of formal structures for how we're going to interact with patients. When we come out as attendings, we're supposed to know what to do, but we don't always have the best communication skills. We don't always have exactly what we need to be able to function. And 
to do it well and create relationships with patients, which is pretty essential for most of the work that most of us do. We're methodical about so much in medicine, but I feel like we're not methodical enough about the patient interaction. And yes, every person is different and every patient is different and cultures are different, right? However, there are yeah. certain things that we can template. There are certain algorithms that can apply or we can just wing it. And that's mostly what we've been doing. Yeah. You need to listen better or yeah. you need to listen more. Or like when I was, I was of the generation that was like, pain is the fifth uh, vital sign and you're not paying, you're not, you don't know enough about your patients. You're ignoring pain. You're an awful person. That's the, or you need to sit down. There's stuff that we're taught, but yeah. there, there's so much more there that we can include in order to really optimize that interaction and through event through efficiency, not just what can we do to make sure that the patient has a best experience, but we can do to make sure the patient has the best experience while being efficient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't right. have limited resources. We don't have limited time. All of this is finite. So how do we make sure that they're satisfied, we're satisfied, and it's all done efficiently? Yeah. And so yeah. that's quite a few episodes, and I've gotten better at that. But I've also realized that it's this, I keep moving the goalpost on myself. Like I'm so much better at it than was. Yeah. And take us back a little bit when you said that you were realizing, gosh, other people seem to be doing things differently, maybe more efficiently, more maybe more effectively. They're getting done and going home and they seem to have their stuff done. How are you doing emotionally at that time? Was that difficult? Were you beating yourself up? Because a lot of us are in that circumstance and we're feeling like there's something wrong with us that we don't understand how to do this better. At that point, it was this, like, it was, my practice wasn't actually as busy as it is now. Mm -hmm. So like, I would have some days where my schedule filled and I would get, I would be done like two hours late. And I was some mm -hmm. days where my schedule was pretty light and I was totally fine, but it was yeah. just on those days that I had tons of patients. So that wasn't really the overwhelm. Actually, the podcast mm -hmm. wasn't started specifically because of the, the overwhelm. The yeah. podcast later become the cause of the overwhelm. <laughs> That's when it, that's when it occurred, but it wasn't like the other way, maybe the other way around. Like I, I, I was able to increase my capacity because I became more efficient at it because I was previously, I just wasn't, I just wasn't as busy. I was like a junior yeah. attending. You didn't have the patient so, now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that as well, because with the podcast, we were talking before the show that it's very easy in anything that we do to sort of put ourselves into too much. And a lot of us who are practicing medicine might think, gosh, I want to go do this other stuff. I want to, might be, I want to teach. I might be, I want to coach people. I might want to start a podcast. I might want to have this other business. Thinking that, that will automatically be better, easier than what we're doing now for solely doing patient care. What's your experience been in starting that podcast and what have you been learning about that as you've gone through? So one of the things, what, what I'm learning is that, is that I'm not great at that, right? <laughs> is that it's a problem and it's still a problem and I need to sign up for your coaching because <laughs> I keep on just, I keep on adding more. What happened at one point in my 
career was I realized that I was overwhelmed. I, I was on these committees. So my the way my practice is run is we've got our, an elected physician board, and then we've got these committees that make recommendations to the board. Because so, the board, they're full-time practice physicians. They can't be everywhere and know everything. So we have these boards that like take these deep dives into different topics, like the electronic medical record or compliance or our website or whatever. And so I was the chair of the audiology committee. We have the largest audiology department outside of the VA. So sure. we have a ton of audiologists that chair the audiology department So on the compliance. So I was reviewing charts to make sure that everyone was coding appropriately. We, our, our practice, I have to say, it, it sounds amazing, right? Now that I'm saying it, it really, we've got our hand in everything yeah. and we're managing it really well. I'm just really proud of what I'm a part of. Sorry, I had to take that moment there because I was realizing it how, as I was saying it, what it sounds. It sounds like, wow, we've really got it together. And we do. But like, at one point I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with these. I'm done with these committees. I'm off both of them right now. And what had happened was when I started my podcast, actually, it was when my second son was born. Mm -hmm. So my first two are 18 months apart. And then the third one came 21 months later. So they're all very close together in age. And so what happened was when the second one was born, I, a little while after that's when I started my podcast because I had taken like a paternity leave, but my paternity leave was just like one day off a week for like a couple of okay. months. Wasn't a big Instead chunk. of having it like, yeah, one yeah. chunk front loaded, like it took that week off and then I went back to work, but I only worked like four days a week. So now I had this one day and the little ones are napping. So I had some time. So I started the podcast. Meanwhile, I'm doing the committees and then the kids are getting older and then yeah. we have another one and then it just keeps on piling up. And then, and that's when I hit my first, and I'm sure I've been overwhelmed, but the first and recent memory of when I was like, enough, enough. Okay. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of everything. And so yeah. I quit those committees, even though my time commitments weren't that great. Like I stopped going to meetings and I stopped. I was just like, I'm not going to anything anymore. I am. You can't make me. <laughs> no, I'm not a resident. You can't make me. Right. And then stuff started coming up again. Yeah. So I was in this good place, but a bunch of little kids, nobody sleeping, right. still have a full-time job, right? Yeah. I'm the sole earner for the household. Like it was still, it still wasn't easy, but I think at that point I was at, as we've talked about before, whelm. I was yeah. like, it was still a lot, but at least I wasn't overwhelmed. Yeah. And so that was, I think my first real struggle with overwhelm. And I apologize I've totally gotten away from the question now, and I don't know if I even answered it. What is it when someone has a psychological issue and it's like stream, is a train of thought? Is that the one where they like never make it back to the beginning question? Yeah, they're uh, tangential. Tangential. <laughs> like, yes. getting, it's getting right up. Yeah. But did that? Yeah, no, and that describes it. And I think it's, I think it's just something that that we don't necessarily realize until we step out and do something differently. That. We are generally not used to setting limits and boundaries, right? Kind of putting in time for self-care, making sure that we're not overextending because we've literally were trained in this overextend model and put everybody else first. And you have to ask permission to do this or that thing, even if it's using the bathroom. And when we come out, we have this permission to take back control of our lives, but no one ever tells us that. And if we're feeling really stressed within medicine and then we choose to do something else, 
I think it's important for us to realize that those tendencies to overwork ourselves can follow us into anything that we do, right? Even if it's going to be a stay-at-home parent, right? There's going to be a tendency to overdo it because you are used to doing so much. And suddenly you're going to, you're going to have the weight of the, the household on your shoulders. You're like, okay, my kids are only going to eat organic pureed vegetables that I'm going to cut up into little shapes that are adorable and everybody's going to look immaculate and the house is going to be perfect. And why don't we remodel? We're just used to overwhelm so many yeah. of us. And so I think as you described, you were used to sort of doing too much. And so it's easy to like make something too big and not set aside that, that time and space for yourself, right? Or the time and space for your family. Let me tell you what happened next. So I quit all those committees and, but I still got the podcast, do it once a week, going well. But something I've always been that we, I talk about on my show and interview people about, and it's always been an interest in mine is like the patient experience and also the staff experience, like customer service. And a lot of the stuff I read about customer service ultimately gets down to staff experience. The better the staff experience, the better you, your patients are going to be treated. And so I wanted to bring that ethos into my practice. Mm -hmm. So I started another committee. Now I'm the chair of the patient experience committee and we're meeting and we're, and yes, and now I'm doing stuff. But I mean, it's stuff that's really important to me and I'm passionate about, but it's compliance. It's hard to be passionate about compliance, reviewing charts, but like the patient experience, really important to me that the staff has a good, as good experience as possible. And, you know, here are the reasons why, you know, so, so I started this committee and then I decided my podcast, you know was recommended to me that if I increased the frequency of the episodes, I my downloads would go up and I'd, I'd get, and then I'd be able to get more sponsorship and I might be able to turn it into more of a business. So now I'm chairing this committee and now I'm doing two episodes a week on the podcast. Absolutely. And yes. And so now it's, and then there's other stuff that I want to do with my practice as well. Yeah. Like you know, I thought about maybe running for the board. For any of the ones who listen, who are in my practice, I'm not running for the board. I'm not, this is, this is me, right? I'm not ever, not, maybe not ever, but in my life, clearly, clearly not the right time for me, but there, there is that voice. Maybe yeah. you should, maybe you should. It's this constant. And I think naming it and recognizing it, that our tendency is to do that yeah. is so important. I don't want to live with regret. I don't want to live with regret that I never did this. Right. I never went back to school and got that MBA and JD. And, and and this everybody, yeah. what about these other people that are doing this? Don't you see, but, but Megan, don't you see these other people online with their coaching businesses and how successful they are? Like those voices. Yeah, no, it, it's so true. And I don't know, I see, we'll see things out there in the world, you know, give 110% and go all in. And I actually tell people, you know what? Not for us. <laughs> Turns out. We're too good at doing that because you say 110, it's going to be 120. Yeah. And we tend to have much more struggle, right? Around taking that time for ourselves, taking that time for our families, creating the hard stops for ourselves. And so I think that's really helpful for people to hear, right? That we, we have to sort of constantly be working and adjusting and figuring out, and we have to constantly be saying no to great opportunities. And being really clear on what our priorities are, because a lot of great stuff will come our way. Yeah. Can't do it all. But it's hard. It's a struggle for most of us. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. just you and me who are on. And yes, some committees we're really passionate about, right? And others, 
are not for us, but we were flattered to be asked. Yeah. Right. And we got to learn to like, let go and say, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, but yes, it's a never ending cycle. Tell us, tell us how you are learning how to tune into that. Right. Because people want to know as you have been more aware of, oh, I did this again. Oh, I'm doing this again. What are your cues that it's too much and you need to make a change? I think there's an incorrect assumption in that question. Mm-hmm. That I am attuned to it and I am getting better at it. Yeah. And it's only been since our conversations <laughs> that I've become more aware of it. It's almost, listen, I don't want to equate it with addiction, but there is a smidge of similarity there. Yeah. Right? It's just, yeah. we just, I just gravitate. We just gravitate yeah. towards this. It's just how we're built and how we were trained. And yeah. so I am and not good at that. I am not. Raise your hand if you're a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's not watching us, uh, that's both of us. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that's, um, you know, it's something for all of us to learn. And yeah, there's a lot of desire not to label things as addictions. And Maybe we have to be a little bit less sensitive to some of that. I don't I don't know what the right answer is there, but overworking is also a way that we numb out with our emotions, right? Because sometimes it's easier to keep your head down and bury yourself in charts or committee work or whatever than deal with the difficult emotions or struggles with parenting or some of these other sort of real human things that are going on. So the same way that somebody might stretch out on the couch, right? And binge watch a bunch of shows. Some of that is in us overworking, right? Oh, I got a little bit of free time. How much more can I work? Can I add a little extra thing? I'll join a committee. I'll do this. I'll I'll volunteer for the PTA, like whatever those things are. But it, it is very insidious. And for me, it's like a contradiction because I do it like, listen, if I can somehow figure out how to scale my podcast and monetize it, then I won't need to spend as much time in the office and I'll need, and I'll be able to spend more time with my family. Mm -hmm. But because I am doing the podcast now, that means I'm spending less time with my family and I have little kids. So now is the time to spend with them. They're not going to need me later. So I somehow rationalize doing these things in the name of them when ultimately it detracts from the time with them. When they're teenagers, they're not going to need me. So that'd be the time to do it. I need to get better at my own rationalization of this stuff. There will always be more meetings. As you said, we have we are up to our armpits in opportunities. Those yeah. opportunities will always be there. Yeah. Now is the time to not overwhelm ourselves and there will be time later. Like I talked to some of the older doctors. They're like, oh, I played tons. Like I was like, Golf. How could I like, like, I can't think of a worse way to spend my time right now. I mean, I've never really enjoyed it, but like, it's so time consuming that, you know, it's a later sport for our fast moving brains that are just like, no, we got to do some more stuff. Yeah. Be curious to see if golf and tennis survive as the sort of early retirements of choice, or if we turn it into something else. (laughs) Somehow pickleball, pick, 
Yeah. Pickle, pickleball is the thing. Yeah. By the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People are certainly into their pickle. <laughs> so for anybody who, you know, is listening to you talk and listening to your realizations, you know, kind of, kind of in the moment and you think out loud and having these same thoughts themselves, what do you want to, what do you want to share with them based on your experience or based on thoughts you're currently having? Because so many of us, when we're hitting struggle, we feel like we're alone. We feel like we're the only person who feels this way. We're the only person who struggles. We don't want to admit that something, especially something we chose to do, has become more complicated or more time-consuming. What would you share with the audience on that one? So something that my wife and I talk about a lot is knowing your why, right? For everything that we do, we need to have our why. Like when we're choosing our kids' extracurricular activities, mm -hmm. we need to know they're not going to be Olympic athletes. They're not going to be professional athletes to do it with that goal in mind seems, though, because the odds seems preposterous, right? So what's the why are they doing this? And we apply it. We're really good at applying it to our kids when we're choosing their activities. Not so good at applying it to ourselves. And I would say that I need to be better at it. Clearly, there's a lot of stuff that you're hearing about me that I need to be better at. But as you said, <laughs> work in progress. But I we're think it's, it's, it ultimately gets back to your why. What is your why? And if you can yeah. find a good enough why... Then you should continue doing it. But if the why is like, well, and needs to be qualified and you really need to convince yourself, then maybe the why just isn't there and that responsibility. And it might be something that would be good for you later, but just not mm -hmm. now. And then that opportunity might evaporate. But to your point, there will always be more opportunities. We are in a position where there will constantly be these opportunities. And even if it seemed like the right one, if the why just wasn't yeah. there, yeah. then maybe it wasn't the right one. So it's really important yeah. to know your your why. Yeah, yeah, and so particularly your why. Yeah. Not your colleague, not your mentor, right? But really tuning into yourself, right? Which is another thing that we often don't do. What is my why? My why is I want to create these things in the world. I want to spend time with my family in this way. And therefore, that's going to influence my decisions. Yeah. And then the other thing is play to your strengths, mm -hmm. right? Some yeah. people are like, no, you really got to shore up your weaknesses. No, especially at this point in our career, like maybe when you're in high school, you should try and shore up your weaknesses. But at this point in our careers, like you really got to play to your strengths. So is yeah. whatever it is you're doing, is it playing to your strengths? Because that's where you're really going to thrive. And you yeah. outsource your weaknesses, get someone else to shore up your weaknesses. <laughs> so know your why. And then sure whatever you're doing, it plays to your strengths. Yeah, because we can hustle and learn a lot of things, right? We could do our own taxes. We could, I don't know, replace the gasket on some machine around the house. Is that really what we want to do? Is that really how we want to spend our time? No. And maybe it is. Maybe it is. I've got a neighbor uh, unless who it is. loves, who thrives <laughs> in that stuff, right? Yeah. That's his zen. That's his zen place, right? And if it is, then... Then go to you. Yeah. 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 Very good. For anyone who's listening, please tell us where we can find your podcast. Please name it for us again and where people can find more about you and your practice and everything that's going on. So um, Physician's Guide to Doctoring. So you can find it. The website's physiciansguidetodoctoring.com. The Instagram handle and Twitter, if it still exists by the time of this publishing, is at Physician's Guide. And then LinkedIn, I'm Bradley B. Block, MD on LinkedIn. And yeah, the obviously available on all podcast players. So just look it up, either Bradley Block 
or Physician's Guide to Doctoring and, and you'll find me. And, uh, you know, leave both of us five-star reviews if you can, please. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, I love that. You heard, you heard him. All right. Five-star reviews for everybody. Brad, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to talk with you. And go check out his podcast, everyone. You get some good stuff there. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.